0: AM 1060 KDUS Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale, Phoenix.
1: It's now time to enter the sports zone with your host, Bob Kemp.
2: Second down three. They can get a first down at the two, but time is an issue. Here comes the rush by Gaziano, and there goes the quarterback in for six. Carla Murray,
1: a five-yard touchdown run, and the Cardinals are back on top. Third down and one. Jeffrey Simmons has been the one wrecking it. Pitch, Robinson gets the corner, and he's in. Touchdown, Falcons, from 13 yards out behind Jake Matthews.
2: Launching for the end zone. Forget being patient oh Dunze! and washington takes the lead my goodness what a one-two punch from Penix.
0: field goal since for this utah offense looking to go into the half with some added cushion top of his drop barnes lets it go back shoulder and zone
1: takes a handoff, took a peek inside, finds Beal from the corner, and splash down. Three-point knockdown for Bradley Beal. His first here in the regular season, it's an 11-0 Phoenix run. Now gets out of there, so Leonard can drive the lane, and he just turned it over, lost the ball. Numbers for the Lakers. Reeves, Elliott, James, with the
2: throw in transition, what a night.
0: Wildcats ball on the baseline. Love back to Boswell. Boswell, that smooth jumper is cooking tonight. McCain left alone in the corner. Offensive rebound, Young, Filipowski,
2: oh <laughs> Ryan Young playing the point center. Lost control of their body, not him. Jumped up and made the sack. Gaffer, dazzle. dazzle Coming up, Kittle in empty
1: space. Kittle number two, touchdown, San Francisco.
2: Lawrence fires, that's caught on the run. Christian Kirk inside the 20. He goes, and Christian Kirk takes the ball all the way to about the one-yard line. They're going to spot it as he thinks he scored the touchdown, and they're going to call it a touchdown now. Back, quick throw,
1: caught. That's Lovett. That's a touchdown, Georgia.
0: So, they're going to try to pick it up on fourth and four. Pressure in Dart's face. Gets away. Falls down.
1: Dial 602 260 1060. That's 602 260 1060. Or tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060. And now, here's your
2: Sports Zone guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUS AM 1060.
1: Welcome to the Friday, November 10th edition of the Sports Zone, not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, Right here on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7. Cardinals Falcons, who wins Sunday in Glendale. Utah Washington, who you got ATS on Saturday in Seattle. Bad weather expected in Seattle, by the way. Imagine that. Pacific Northwest and bad weather. Suns Lakers, U of A Duke, who wins tonight on the hardwood. From the NFL and college football weekend, pick any game ATS. And what else caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments, we'll have the introduction of today's pipeline. 10:15, a Cardinals and Falcons preview at D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. 10:30, interactive action. 6:02, 260, 10:60, and also the local roundup that'll include. A little bit. Suns, Lakers, and Juve, Duke previews. Not extensive, but a few little things here. Might even throw out a uh, possibility for a winner of one of those two games. At least that's my thought process right now. That could change in a half an hour, so we'll see. Stay tuned. Teaser there. And in the final segment, it'll be the National Roundup, top by from the NFL and college football scoreboard from Thursday night. Big game in college football is almost a disaster uh, game for louisville last night but they somehow won then after the uh, sports zone from 11 to 1 o'clock it is the extra point hosted by kayla that will include of course the friday spread brought to you by von hansen's meat and spirits meats and spirits not just meat meats plural and spirits and also our weekly nfl prop bet update with brian Lewis from pro football network on to the pipeline we go
0: Time for today's Pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion.
1: And we start with a KDUS poll question at kdus1060.com. Today's question is, who wins Sunday in Glendale? The Cardinals or Falcons? And Kayla is here and has the early returns. Falcons leading the way at 57% of the vote. Cardinals trailing at 43%. Cardinals are a consensus one and a half point underdog on Sunday. That's likely the closest they're going to be. Come at least come to closest they're going to be is uh, almost a favorite. Let's put it that way. Uh, In these 17 games this season, unless it is the Rams game, which is I believe Thanksgiving Sunday, because the Rams seemingly are losing players on a daily basis, including practice this week. Today's Twitter poll question. Who you got ATS on Saturday in Seattle, Utah plus nine or Washington minus nine. And Kayla, what's happening here? Well, you love when things are hotly contested. We're hotly (laughs) contested right now in a 50-50 split between Utah plus nine and UW minus nine. Uh, This is on Twitter at KDOS AM 1060. This is the lowest that this number has been this week. The number was ten, ten and a half earlier in the week, but that's before the weather forecast, which as of Thursday afternoon was rain and winds up to 25 miles per hour. Meanwhile, on the local front, or back on the local front, the Suns host the Lakers tonight. It's part of the new in-season tournament. Okay, I'm sure that'll inspire. Actually, the players get paid if they win this tournament, right? So I guess maybe they will be inspired. Anyway. Who wins tonight at the Footprint Center, Suns or Lakers? It's a big weekend for the U of A. The basketball team plays tonight at number 2 Duke, and the football team favored to win a fourth consecutive game on Saturday at Slumping, Colorado. Does the U of A basketball team win tonight at Duke? Does the U of A football team cover tomorrow at Colorado? They're basically laying 10, 10 10.5 points. Meanwhile, back to Spanning the Globe, NFL week number 10 has to be better than last night when the Bears beat the Panthers 16-13. The Sunday slate includes Browns at Ravens, uh, 49ers at Jags, and Lions at Chargers. Meanwhile, the college football Saturday slate includes four top 25 matchups, Michigan at Penn State, which we previewed on Thursday show, Old Miss at Georgia, Tennessee at Missouri, and the previously mentioned Utah-Washington game. Predict any game on this week's NFL or college football slate, preferably against the spread. Also, in addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? That's pipeline for today. We are, uh, you know, get to all these tremendous topics in some shape or form during uh, today's one-hour radio program, or during the next three hours in the extra point hosted by Kayla. Anything else in your mind falls into the general discussion categories, whether it's from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind. Six oh two two sixty ten sixty, or you can tweet the show at KDUSAM ten sixty or twitter.com slash KDUSAM ten sixty. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules, or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. Coming up next, Corey, we have a news update that will be followed by a Cardinals Falcons preview uh, with longtime Sports Zone guest D. Orlando Ledbetter, the Atlanta Journal Constitution. Uh, mainly a Falcons discussion. We'll get in a little bit of the game on uh, Sunday against the Cardinals at some strategical point. Why does Bijan not get the ball more? That will definitely be one of the topics of discussion <laughs> in the next segment. Once again, at the bottom of the hour, to be phone call time. General discussion. I don't have Bijan on my fantasy team, so I'm not upset about that. I just don't quite get what's going on there. Anyway, uh, bottom of the hour, phone call time, general discussion. 602-260-1060, and also some local roundup, including at least some Suns Lakers, and U of A Duke basketball for tonight. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUSAM 1060 and Kiss Lux HD hundred point seven.
0: Every Monday night, check out Ray Adams as he hosts the Monday Night Golf and
1: Lifestyle Show
0: from 6 to 7 p.m. here on KDUS
1: AM 1060. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7. Your home to the Dan Patrick Show live Monday through Friday from 7 to 10 a.m. The 4-5 and five Falcons, uh, after losses in three of their last four games, are here to face the Cardinals on Sunday. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined in the sports zone by D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. D, always good to talk to you. Let's uh, mention 4-5. and five. Only one game out of the first place, though, in the competitive NFC North. Uh, how would you describe the Falcons' first nine games of the season?
2: Yeah, kind of a little bit of a disappointment. Um, you know, after two, seven, and ten seasons, they were expected to get rolling here out of the gate against a, a pretty easy schedule, but uh, they're pretty close to being uh, one and eight instead of uh, eight and one. They needed three game winners to win three three games here, and uh, if they didn't get those kicks, they'd be in a really bad situation.
1: Arthur Smith, he's been the head coach of this team since uh, January of 2021. Uh, what do you consider to be his weaknesses and strengths as a head coach?
2: Well, I thought they were playing really hard for him uh, the first two years. They, they're they playing better. They got a uh, better roster certainly this year. But uh, now we're seeing um, some overcoaching, uh, maybe making things more complicated than than they need to be. Uh, and, and so, um, you know, we saw a little clock management issue here also. So, um, yeah, that's that's where he's at right now uh, with his coaching.
1: Other than the clock management thing, what do you consider and why do you say overcoaching?
2: Um, you know, on the one-yard line, get a ball to the running back. You know, don't run and sleep. Uh, The quick-going empty backfield and short yardage situations, you don't really have – you know, you got a quarterback that uh, you're trying to develop. You really shouldn't be throwing 40 times a game when you got the number three rushing attack in the league. Just doing, uh, you know, trying to outthink himself when, uh, you know, the conventional football might be the way to go.
1: Yeah, considering his reputation as a you know, run-first dude, are you surprised that they've thrown the ball as much as they have? I know they've been chasing points here lately, but before that, they were even throwing it quite a bit.
2: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, They started off checking it down, then trying to get it up the field. Uh, Yeah, they kind of had to because Detroit kind of put nine and ten people in the box and pretty much dared them to throw. So, you know, once they showed that they could do it, you know, two games later, they should have, you know, went back to it and came with a more balanced approach. But we haven't seen that yet.
1: Desmond Ritter. Taylor Heineke, Uh, who should be the starting quarterback?
2: Um, Desmond Ritter will be after the break, after he's uh, served his time out for handing the ball over too much. Uh, Tyler was brought in (laughs) just for this type of uh, situation. Uh, Things went haywire early with Ritter, but uh, they still believe he's worth developing. They took him in the third round, and I believe if he could uh, take care of the ball a little bit better, they may have a quarterback.
1: Do we know who the starter is on Sunday against the Cardinals?
2: Yeah, it's Heineke. Heineke's going to get this game here, and uh, then they'll go into the break and set they'll make a decision, and uh, we fully expect them to hand the ball back over to Ritter after the bye week.
1: Do you we think maybe if Heineke gets off Heineke gets off to a slow start, it could be a quick hook in Sunday uh, in Glendale?
2: No, I don't think so, because um, he's getting all the reps with the ones. But you never know. I mean, you know, uh, we didn't think Ritter would get benched, but uh, they benched him under murky circumstances in Tennessee. They wouldn't say it wasn't turnovers. Uh, they, they 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 put him in the concussion protocol because uh, he had messed up a couple plays and wanted to check him out. Uh, so that was a little bit bizarre. And uh, then you know, just um, you know, uh, a rookie coach trying to do some unconventional things. And, and so, yeah, I couldn't rule it out that he would, uh, you know, make a move here in the game on Sunday.
1: What's your assessment of Ritter as a quarterback?
2: Uh, he's a winner. He's a winner coming out of the University of Cincinnati. He's learning how to read defenses like most young quarterbacks. And so sometimes he gets into trouble. But, um, you know, the sense of urgency, the fumbles are very, very, very troubling. That's the job of the quarterback is to take care of the football. You can't put it on the red, on the ground three times in the red zone, which he did in Tampa. Uh, they still won the game. It would have been a blowout without it. But, um, yeah, that's, a, that's alarming. But, yeah, he's got the arm strength. He's got the uh, um, you know ability to spread the ball around. He's just got to learn uh, what people are trying to do to him on a professional level. And take care of the football. You got a chance to, you know, maybe be a uh, pretty decent pro. I'm not putting him in the Pat Mahomes group, but hey, uh, there's not too many of those around the league anyway.
1: That would be true. Uh, Falcons owner Arthur Blank. How much is he? uh, Is he a hands-on guy, owner, or kind of lets uh, you know the coaching staff take care of business the way that they want to do it?
2: No, he he's a very hands-on guy, Bob. They have to meet with him every Monday, and uh, I've got every coach uh, that's been here to confirm that. Dan Reeves hated it. Mike Smith didn't really like it. Dan Quinn knew going in he had to meet with him every Monday, and um, you know, uh, and uh, Coach Art meets with him too. You know, to to go over and rehash the the the, the what happened, but he couches it in in the way that hey, I'm trying to make sure I'm supporting my people and make sure that I'm giving them what they need uh, as opposed to, uh, you know, sending in plays or making himself the general manager like uh, Jerry Jones does. But, uh, yeah, he's definitely hands-on.
1: Dan Reeves, I can't imagine what that was like on a Monday. I'm sure he was just love that, <laughs> huh?
2: <laughs> oh, I'm sure he did.
1: Wow. Talking with D. Orlando Ledbetter at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, the Falcons here Sunday We'll be here Sunday to face the Cardinals. Okay, on to B. John Robinson we go. I saw him some in high school and when he was in high school in Tucson. Uh, watched a lot of his games at Texas. Uh, he made some eye-catching plays earlier this season with the Falcons. His touches per game have shrunk here of late. What's up with that? Yeah, that's, uh, you know,
2: Coach insisted that, Uh, You know, while he might not be getting the ball, it might be because, uh, you know, they're running other things. Or it might be an RPO, you know, uh, making – it sound like excuses. And he says – then he says, I'm not trying to make excuses. So, um, you know, uh, we have to take it for his word in that regard. But uh, his touches are down a little bit. I thought they would be between 15 and 20. And if you take out the one game where he was sick and he only had one uh, carry – Then he's averaging Mm -hmm. 16, so they're on the low end of that, which would bode well for them down the stretch, maybe putting a little bit more on his plate. They saw that he could handle it uh, in the Green Bay game when they gave him 19, so um, I'm fully expecting them to stay in the 15 15 to 20 range and then try to unleash him down the stretch when they're trying to make a push here in the NFC South.
1: The fact that he's such a good pass catcher, has that kind of worked against him as their, quote, running back?
2: No, I think they, they they ran him on 78 routes, but he's been more a check down. They haven't really sent him up the field yet. i got to suspect that's coming. Uh, they don't want to put everything on tape earlier in the season. Uh, and and I, I could definitely see him on a wheel route up the field with some poor linebacker trying to chase him. <laughs> And, uh, you know, go up for the touchdown there. So we're just waiting for it. And uh, he certainly looked good during training camp. when we could see the open practices. Um, But now it's all just stretching individuals and whatnot. But, um, yeah, that's coming, I do believe. Tyler
1: Algier, he has actually more carries than Bijan. Uh, ASU fans, Arizona State fans, remember Tyler Algier because he almost single-handedly beat ASU when he was at BYU one game. Uh, should Algier be getting more carries than Bijan?
2: Um, no, <laughs> but he did, He did come. He is coming off a thousand-yard season, and he does run it pretty strong between the tackles uh but uh no that's a simple no that's the easy no uh you draft the one player eighth overall you don't want to wear them down but hey uh so much for a two-headed monster i'm thinking that should be more of a 70-30 split not a 50-50 or 51 49 or what it is that whatever it is right now
1: then you've got the wide receivers or the receivers uh, not necessarily wide receivers you have blake london and kyle pitts uh, certainly uh, they have playmaking talents. Uh, the dis- distribution of, you know, passing targets, has is- that been a lot of whack to you? A lot of John U. Smith, I noticed, in the stats for the season.
2: Yeah, not really, because when you look at it, uh, Pitts has got, he's like the fourth most targeted tight end. So, so the same mm. thing with Drake London, his targets are up. Uh, John News, the, the surprise of the bunch, he hadn't, uh, He's going on his way to a career year here with Atlanta. uh you know he had uh you know his career year with Arthur Smith in Tennessee so you know people got to cover those other targets and they're leaving John who open and he's making the most of it so the uh, the production's been there when you really look at the numbers Bob uh what hasn't been there is the scoring and then uh you thirty first and turnover dis- differential that's hurt him turn over the ball and not scoring in the red zone. They're 50% in the red zone, 14 touchdowns on 28 trips.
1: Okay, we've been talking about the Falcons with you for a long time. Uh, We always get to the offensive line at some point, so here's that part of the uh, segment here. How would you evaluate this group of offensive linemen heading into the second half of the season?
2: Yeah, C-plus, and i got to do my midterm grades here uh, next week in the bye week. Uh, they're not opening the holes like they uh, did last year when they were uh, third best run group. Uh, the protection's been pretty solid for the most part. Uh, Tennessee got loose on them. Jeffrey Simmons, there's no no shame there, <laughs> um, you know. Yeah. So so they uh, they uh, they've been pretty good in pass protection uh, since after a bumpy start. Uh, but the holes just haven't been there. They haven't sprung Bijan. I've been waiting for the big. Uh, you know, him ripping off 20 and 30 and 10 and 9. And it's been more like 4 and 6 and 4 and 6. Uh, so, yeah, i got to imagine that the block is not there. And um, they have to get a little bit better push here uh, on Sunday and down the stretch.
1: All right, so the defense. I thought this was a pretty good unit until the last couple of weeks when, you know, Will Levis and Joshua Dobbs, you know, kind of ripped them. Uh, so what do you think of the Falcons' defense at this point?
2: Yeah, same thing, uh, Bob. Uh, last couple of weeks have been poor. 16 missed tackles against uh, the Vikings, 13 against wow. Tennessee. Uh, but um, the Tennessee game was understandable because, hey, you got a game tackle, Derek Henry, and then they got beat over the top with some play action shots. So that 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 was understood what happened to them there. Didn't understand what happened to Joshua Dobbs and, uh, you know, coming off the street and cutting him up on a game-winning drive when, uh, you know, he didn't even know the guy's names on the other team. So that was very yeah. troubling. <laughs> that was very troubling yeah. moving forward. So we'll, we'll see how the defense can put it back together and get over what uh, D.C. Ryan Nelson said was a lull in the middle of the season
1: you mentioned all the missed tackles and you know, they haven't had that bye week yet. As you also mentioned is you know part of that because this might just be a tired defense. Cause it's been kind of a long haul. If you consider the start of training camp till we're in November now.
2: Um, yeah, but they've been rotating them. So, uh, you know, they play four tackles and they play, uh, four in, uh, the linebackers could be tired. Yeah. Cause it's only been two of them. Uh, and Troy Anderson, uh, got hurt early in, uh, Caden Ellis and Nate Lemon are getting most of the action inside. Uh, cornerbacks and D backs have no reason to miss tackles, uh, and they're they're pretty fresh. So no, I, I think they've done a good job of rotating them in and out. Um, just uh, you know, I, I just uh, maybe it is a low, like Coach Nielsen said, in the tackling.
1: Mm-hmm. Talking Falcons with D Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal Constitution, Calais Campbell. Started his career many years ago here in Arizona. How's he played this season with Atlanta?
2: Yeah, he's has uh, been he's been uh, uh, ser- more than serviceable at his position. Not dynamic. Uh, scout against the run hasn't provided much of a pass rush. Uh, but you know, um, you know, from what they where they're coming from, he's been a major major upgrade.
1: Kyler Murray, we think, is going to be the starting quarterback for the Cardinals on Sunday. What have what the Falcons said this week about facing Murray?
2: Yeah, we have a story online about that. The main thing is keeping contained. Um, you know, they didn't do that with Joshua Dobbs. So I don't know how they're going to do it with Kyler. But, hey, that's the uh, buzzword of the week is, hey, we cannot let him escape the pocket. And if they do, then the D-backs have to stay plastered to their receivers because he has the only arm strength to throw it over their heads and create 60-yard touchdowns. So they're very fearful of the fact that he might be playing, uh, even though it is a uh, first game back from knee surgery. Uh, they, they have a healthy dose of respect for his physical talent and uh, his escapability.
1: Okay, so in addition to that, uh, what do you consider to be a couple of other keys for the Falcons and Cardinals games on Sunday on either side of the ball, if you'd like?
2: Yeah, um the Connor James Connor coming back worries me more than because if they can get it running, uh that'll be able to allow them to run some clock and shorten up the game and so forth. Um and, and uh Tennessee stayed with Henry, uh twenty two carries, hundred and one, and then hit him over the top with the play action bombs and so forth. So that would be the formula that Arizona will try to uh copy. A lot of teams have been able to uh uh, use repeat copycat plays against the Falcons. So, you know, that will be a challenge for the coaches if they can fix that part of it. Uh, special teams have been a problem, very poor return game. Uh, special teams uh, could be a factor if the uh, Cardinals can pin them into bad field starts and so forth, and then shorten the game with the running ability of James Conner. That, uh, that would be a formula for a Cardinals victory.
1: God bless you for including special teams. I'm a big special teams guy, so excellent job there. Appreciate it. Okay, so who wins Sunday in Glendale, Falcons or Cardinals? It's basically a pick em game. The Falcons are a small favorite.
2: Yeah, I think the Falcons win. They, uh, Taylor Heineke said this is their Super Bowl, so they're coming out there focused. Uh, but I can see from here that the uh, Cardinals are loading up the wagon, trying to get everybody uh, ready to play. They kind of know that, hey, we're not gonna to win too many games, but hey, this might be one we can take. And uh, I fully expect the Cardinals to come out and play. Uh, play the Falcons is gonna be a tough battle for you know two teams that are you know one's trying to establish itself and one just playing for respect to show everybody they're not uh, you know a one and eight team or even if they are, they can beat some teams. And you know they beat Dallas early in the year and they need another pelt in there on the wall. And this might be an opportunity for them.
1: Okay, last thing. Who wins the NFC South?
2: Uh, the Saints. I'm going with them. They, they, uh, they're all pretty. <laughs> There's not much to root about there. Not, not a lot of uh, good-looking football there. Nobody from Canton's asking for a film of the NFC South this year. But <laughs> looks like the uh, the Saints have the best defensive unit and the most stable quarterback situation.
1: Dio, it's good talking to you. Uh, see you Sunday. Thanks.
2: Sure, no problem, Bob. Take care. See
1: you next Yeah, look forward to that. D. Orlando Ledbetter from Atlanta Journal-Constitution, who's been a guest on this show for many years, and excellent stuff, as always, from D. And uh, doesn't hold back on things. We love that, too. And he mentioned special teams. Yes, before I even brought it up, which is maybe like a first in the history of this show. So good for him. All right, next segment will be phone call time, general discussion, 602 602- 260-1060, 602-260-1060. I'll get in a little bit about Suns and Lakers and U of a Duke, depending on full call and volume. But if you want to get in, we got time and room for you. 602-260-1060. Don't forget the extra point. It is the Friday spread, so stay tuned. We go through many college and or pro games, uh, both actually college and pro games. No war involved there. I will go through uh, all the marquee matchups, so to speak, even though I'm not quite as enthused about this weekend schedule as I was last week. I was pretty fired up last Friday at this time, and it worked out okay on Saturday and Sunday. It was a pretty good weekend of football. Maybe I'll be wrong this week, and it'll be another good weekend of football. HD Radio is here for KTUS AM
0: 1060. Check out your favorite shows and games on 100.7 KSLX HD2. It's time for today's
2: local roundup.
1: Welcome back to the SportsZone with Bob Kemp on KDUSA AM 1060 and Kes Lux HD2 100.7. In addition to local roundup, it is phone call time if you want to jump aboard. 602-260-1060 if you're on hold. We'll get to you in just a couple of seconds. First up, I do want to mention uh, the Suns 4-4. Four four. They host the 3-5 Lakers tonight. Uh, The Lakers have lost three straight games. Anthony Davis, we're not sure if he's going to play or not tonight. He's missed some time so far this season due uh, to, unfortunately for him, a couple of injuries, and really unfortunately for him, it's been kind of his history, uh, whether he be in New Orleans or with the Lakers. Also on the injury front, Devin Booker, at least as of yesterday, was listed as out for this game with a calf injury. Uh, for, the, uh, for the Lakers, other than Davis. Jackson Hayes was a big part of their team, uh, listed as day-to-day with an ankle injury. Jared Vanderbilt, I'm pretty sure, hasn't played a game this season. Out with a heel injury, he's a big defensive stopper for them, uh, uh, obviously on the defensive end of the floor. And uh, also, uh, Jalen Hood-Shifino, Shafino, is a rookie out of o, uh, Indiana, IU, uh, he's also been out for the start of the season with a knee injury, and I remember when they actually drafted him, they thought that he might be a pretty good fit with them because he's not doesn't need the ball and so forth. So he hasn't, uh, you know, to my recollection or knowledge, has he hasn't played a game so far this season. Meanwhile, the UVA men's basketball team plays tonight at second-ranked Duke. Uh, the Wildcats. We're as of last night at last look, a five point underdog in this game. Both teams are one and zero. After easy home victories this uh, earlier this week, the U of A routed Morgan State 122 to 59. The U of A last year in true road games were just six and four. Uh, meanwhile, Dar- uh, Duke beat Dartmouth 92 to 54. Kyle Filipowski who I'm really surprised did not go to the NBA draft after last year. He had a very good freshman season, but he came back for at least one more year at Duke. He had 25 in that game. Duke was 16-0 and at home uh, inside Cameron Indoor last year, and I would be very surprised, you know, pleasantly surprised, because we got to watch the U of A and ASU play basketball all year. It looks like ASU isn't going to be particularly good. So hopefully the U of A is because uh, I'd like to watch some good entertaining basketball this year. Uh, but I would be very surprised if the U of A, quite frankly, with their young team, they're going to Duke, and that place you know, football season's over at Duke. You know, they had a nice little run there, but when they lost Riley Leonard, their starting quarterback, they're still playing games, but their season is over. So it's all basketball once again at Duke. So that's the Cameron Crazies, I guess, uh, the Vital thing uh, for many years ago, or for many years uh, still going on there, so I would be very surprised if this young, inexperienced, a lot of these guys haven't played in the environment like this, I would be surprised if the U of a can hang in this game tonight. All right, on to the phone lines, Matt in Phoenix. Hi, Matt. Bob, how are you?
0: I'm good. Good, good. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about college football and bring up something in regards to baseball, um, which, you know, for a Mets fan, this is the, the best time of the year. <laughs> um Utah Washington um I know you brought that game up in your opener um I think the weather uh, as you stated is the biggest factor um for a team that wants to grind it out and and you know play you know close games depend upon the line of scrimmage special teams run the football um I think it's a big advantage for Utah not only rain but wind um, yeah. And especially considering, you know, Washington's preferred method of, of moving the football. League. i take nothing out of the game last week against, you know, the worst defense in the country. Um, I still don't <laughs> think Washington can run the ball consistently, especially on a team that that is good on the line of scrimmage well-coached like Utah is. So, uh, I took 10. Um, do you have an opinion on the game?
1: I, I have 10 also. We bet it early in the okay. week, apparently. And, yeah, I, bet, I actually... Yep and you know, check the weather forecast We're at the time of the year well it, it, it doesn't matter what time of the year is in Seattle but uh you know yeah. the uh you know I looked I looked early in the week and they didn't think it was going to be bad this weekend then I looked Wednesday and they thought suddenly it was going to be bad this weekend and then yesterday I saw a game a game time forecast of you know, basically you know, rain and winds up to 25 miles per hour so I'm um, pretty. You know, I got a good number. You got a good number, and uh, you know, I believe it or not, I was wrong last week. I know it's shockingly hard to believe, but I was wrong with the fact fact last week. They could Utah can actually still reach the Pac-12 championship game. I thought they were done, but they're not. Okay. Uh, math Mathematically, they can still get in. So I assume that's a little added inspiration for them. Uh, the Washington defense is now sixtieth in the country in total defense. They've allowed four hundred yards per game. They have very few takeaways. In fact, uh, they're 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 so bad at you know, taking the ball away that their team is now minus three in turnover margin for this season.
0: Wow, okay. Part of me, um, I'm not going to root against my money, but part of me was hoping for a uh, a close game. Um, so I'm sorry, a Washington a blowout and then a a close game in Corvallis between uh, Stanford and Oregon State to get a better number on the Beavers next week. But I'm not sure that number is going to go past three um, no matter what happens because that Oregon State offensive line is going to dominate uh, the Washington uh, defense in front. So um, we can obviously talk more about that next week.
1: Yeah, well, kind of, I can talk about that now because I've thought for two or three weeks, maybe a little longer now, that these were the two weeks I was going to go against Washington. Uh, gotcha. This week against Utah and next week when they go to Corvallis. So, okay. uh, yeah, unless something drastically changes and there's a massive and you know, bad injury for Oregon State this week, I don't think I'm going to change my mind on that.
0: Agreed. Um, do we know the health of the uh, Florida State wide receivers and uh, even maybe more importantly, the health of uh, Tyler Van Dyke?
1: Uh, I don't know either. Uh, I, I just okay. got him down here. You know, Van Dyke, questionable to play, is what my little note here says. Uh, maybe Florida State wants him to play. Uh, the guy's an interception yeah, machine. Last week maybe. Yeah. You know, all year. I mean, he he leads the nation in turnovers by any quarterback if you go back to the start of last season. He's made he's made more he's got a bunch of fumbles too, not just sack, not just uh interceptions. He's also been sacked a bunch of times. Uh so, you know, so I don't know if uh you know, maybe Florida State would, you know, you know, I start maybe Miami doesn't want him to play. Uh, but I, and I don't know, I have no idea what's going on with Coleman and Wilson. And I tried to look into that a little bit yesterday, but I ran into a dead end and just kind of gave up.
0: I'd be okay laying it if I know that those guys are good to go. Um, but yeah, it's hard to do it without confirmation.
1: Maybe the ACC I, does the I don't know. I should know this, but I don't. I'm not sure if the ACC network has like a pregame show once before the game you know, on Saturday morning. I don't know if they do okay. or not. Like the other, I know that the SEC does and the Big 12, Big Ten does, but I don't know yep. if the ACC does. Uh, they, it, maybe they would know uh, if they have okay. such a show. I'm not sure they do though. So I'm not positive about that.
0: And then the big one in Happy Valley, um, Michigan has to be. I would think distracted here. Um, I think Penn State's, you know, s- close to their equal at the line of sh- Michigan certainly doesn't have a guy who can just line up and beat you at wide receiver like Marvin Harrison continued to do over and over uh, when. Uh, I I uh, think actually think Wilson. I
1: think no. I think Wilson's really good. By the way, okay. Uh, uh, he's not. He's not Marvin guy. Harrison. But, yeah, he's not Marvin Harrison, but he, he's, he might be the second-best receiver in the Big Ten. Okay.
0: And Michigan's sneakily been not great running the football, especially if you factor in their uh, strength of schedule or lack thereof. Um, I think this is dog or pass. Um, I bet an early under 48-and-a-half. Uh, um, wow. I, I can't Good number. I can't choose a side here. Um, I only think it's going to be a grinded-out old-school Big Ten type game.
1: I don't disagree with that. There's no way in hell I'm taking James Franklin, though. I mean, it's just not happening. I'm not going to do it. He's lost nine straight games against top five opponents. They've lost to Ohio State and Michigan in the same season, seven in the last ten years. I just (sighs) can't take. – I'm not doing it. If I took Penn State and that clown came up with uh, some stupid decisions in the fourth quarters (laughs) of games that we've seen in past years (laughs) – I yeah yep. I would like you know, I would try to hurl myself out of my second story apartment. Uh so you know, and for me that would Let's be damaging cuz you know, well I'm old now too. I mean maybe I could have landed in my feet you know a few years ago but not anymore. Now I have a broken well, actually, leg if I do that. <laughs>
0: um Sunny Gray. Uh is he going to make a lot of money and um what are your thoughts on him as a potential fit here with the diamond pack?
1: I would never and I mean never, pay money to Sonny Gray. Sorry. Okay. I know he had a nice season in uh, Minnesota. Maybe they figured he something did the out. Last two years. I watched him. You know, he went a pressure situation, just crumble in New York. He sucked with the Reds. I mean I got no use for this guy. I'm just. Okay. I, I might be totally wrong. He seems like a nice human being and so forth. But I, I would never pay him any money.
0: I think the market's key. Obviously, he can't go anywhere where there's pressure. Um, he's
1: going to get—he's going to get paid. Three, it wouldn't be—it would—he's going to get paid for sure, but it wouldn't be my man. Okay. Well, I, I'm yep. trying to think of a fit for the Diamondbacks other
0: than Jordan Montgomery and and Marcus Stroman, and, and his name popped up. So um, I do hope we see some uh, some pitchers being signed here by this by the local clubs.
1: I would rather have Strowman than Gray because at least I know that Strowman's going to throw ground balls. Now I'm not sure if he's going to stay healthy, but at least he's going to throw ground balls yeah. and they can they they can play infield defense. So
0: absolutely, that have a good weekend, Bob. So appreciate that,
1: it as always. Okay, you, you too. Thank you very much. All right, next segment we'll wrap up the Sports Zone. Don't forget the extra point, hosted by Kayla Coming up next, including the Friday spread, brought to you by Van Von Hansen's uh, Meats and Spirits, and also we'll get to our Prop bed segment uh, with Brian Blewis from Pro Football Network, among other things. So that's the next couple of hours. Uh, one more segment today, and I'll briefly, and I mean briefly, go through the uh, alleged football games that were played last night. I, you know, the Bears, I'm not going to go in that in any great detail. Probably, I'm not going to get in any great detail about Virginia and and uh, in Louisville but Louisville and the ACC avoided total disaster if Louisville had lost that game that would have certainly hurt Florida State's power ranking looking ahead because you would assume that the best team Florida State's going to play the rest of the season would be Louisville and they need Louisville to have one loss need social information
0: about KDUS AM 1060, try KDUS 1060.com at KDUS AM 1060 on Twitter and Facebook.com slash KDUS AM 1060.
1: Dan action. All right, cool. I'm doing all the keyboard thing on my desk here. So I'm really good at the keyboards on the desk. All right. Welcome back. Final segment of the Sports Zone today. Uh, we'll go get to the uh, extra point, of course, in the next two hours, hosted by Kayla. So stay tuned for that as we go through, among other things, a lot of college and pro football games for the weekend. All right, let's get quickly, uh, no, I mean quickly, to the NFL scoreboard from last night. The Bears won because the Panthers were worse. Uh, the two quarterbacks in this game, Bajan and Young, uh, could have thrown a combined like six or seven interceptions. But you know, not only they, they, not only do they have bad receivers on their offensive side, there's a whole bunch of guys on defense on these two teams that can't catch a pass either. <laughs> so that was pretty pretty much the way that went. Uh, so the Bears, by the way, are two and two with Bajan at quarterback. Uh, so you know the. You know, let's get rid of Justin Field. Cry continues, which is nuts. College football, a far more significant game, as I mentioned at the end of the last segment. Uh, Florida State really needed Louisville. The ACC needed Louisville to win this game last night. Louisville blew a two-touchdown lead. This is against Virginia without its, with its third quarterback, Virginia. Uh, and the guy that they really liked that they found like a month ago, he got hurt last week. Uh, but, you know, Basically, Louisville escaped at home. They beat Virginia 31 to 24 in this game last night, and uh, Louisville is getting closer to clinching a berth in the ACC championship game against Florida State. Uh, the Cardinals, uh, if, if basically if North Carolina loses on Saturday, which seemingly happens all the time when they play in November under Mac Brown, if North Carolina loses another game. On Saturday, then uh, Louisville is in the conference championship game. Louisville, the last one, the really good running back, Jamar Jordan, he had 95 yards last night. And kind of as usual, when they win, he's a big reason why. And their defense uh, is a very good defense. So, wasn't particularly good last night, however, but it usually is pretty good. Also, some other quick notes here uh, from The Wire and uh, et cetera, you know, ripped from the headlines from the wire, a couple things. The Yankees have uh, touched base with Valley product Cody Bellinger, who likely will be the second highest paid free agent uh, this offseason behind only Shohei Ohtani, according to MLB.com and John Morosi. The Cubs, Yankees, and Giants are the cons- uh, considered to be the three favorites to land Bellinger. The Giants, once again, willing to spend some money in the offseason. And Ron Washington is now the manager of uh, the uh, the Angels. I forgot to mention that yesterday, my bad on that. All right, coming up in the next two hours, it's the Friday spread. In the, uh, of course, it's the extra point, including the Friday spread. Uh, so stay tuned for that. That will include our usual uh, you know, prop bet segment with Brian Blewis from Pro Football Network. So Kayla's going to take it over at the top of the hour. I'm going to take like a two-minute nap and... Rejuvenate, listen a little more Steely Dan.